A quick hello yeah. and we're good to go. Welcome to the show, Beatrice Gomba. <laughs> That's a so perfect French, French pronunciation, on. yeah. <laughs> 30 years in France and I've got the French off to a T. So today we're going to be talking about smashing SEO strategies in the era of AI. I love the title because I like the word smashing. Um, it's terribly British um, and delightful and it, it really covers both it says both amazing and also smashing through the SEO strategies with AI, which is kind of dynamic and exciting. But before we get to that, uh, really quickly, your brand, Serp. Um, when we look up your name, Beatrice Gamba, I see Dave Davis, SEO strategist, Market Muse, Kelly Cube Tuesdays, AI generated, Knowledge Graph, Digital Marketing, Wordlift, and Jason Barnard as the tags for the images which I found hugely interesting. So I then went into the images, clicked on CaliCube Tuesdays, and there we can see, obviously, CaliCube Tuesdays dominates. And then I noticed something really interesting over here on the right-hand side, glasses, which is really bizarre. And I realized then when I click on that, you see in CaliCube Tuesdays, we have a lot of guests who wear glasses in the photos. And you've been on a lot of CaliCube Tuesdays with guests who wear glasses. And then to finish, I then thought, well, therefore, Google associates CaliCube Tuesdays with glasses, spectacles. And so I searched on images for CaliCube Tuesdays glasses. And yes, a lot of guests on CaliCube Tuesdays wear glasses. That was really, really, really strange, wasn't it? Yeah, because I'm the uh, only one who doesn't wear glasses. <laughs> Which is a brilliant point. So, yes, for, for people who are listening to the podcast, I just showed lots of screenshots of people wearing glasses associated with Beatrice, who ironically does not wear glasses and is not wearing glasses today. You are listening to Branded Search and Beyond with Jason Barnard. Now, back to the show. So, on to the topic, smashing SEO strategies in the era of AI. I wanted to, first of all, start with the evolution of SEO in the era of AI. How are things changing with AI coming into search? Yeah, so uh, things are changing a lot. In fact, the word smashing is also like... Uh, kind of gives a hint of the disruption that we are living mm -hmm. as uh, SEOs. Um, I mean, as the role of uh, SEOs has always been to adapt to state-of-the-art technologies to, you know, help clients achieve online visibility, which remains the core, but everything else uh, uh, has changed. Uh, so now we have to uh, kind of optimize, uh, um, of optimize for uh, AI, um, there are a lot of uh, people suggesting uh, um, to use it or not to use it. But I mean, the, the main core is always to have uh, to produce good content because that is what makes uh, uh, makes the difference uh, for the users. And uh, this is finally and ultimately how uh, your website can be uh, promoted and uh, can be retrieved as a, a good uh, source. Uh, a reliable source also from these uh, new uh, right. generative AI search engines. So we have basically two sides. One is AI in the search engines and the other is 
SEOs using AI to master the search engines. Can we start with generative AI in the search engines? What's changing? What's happening? Should we be frightened? Yeah, so this is really interesting because uh, in the past uh, couple of weeks, we've been adding uh, a new section to the reports that we uh, discuss with our clients. We have started adding uh, 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 a section where we address and we show uh, these new SERPs um, that you get when you converse with the new uh, Google and also with the new Bing. The new Bing we've been doing uh, uh, since a few months. And that is really interesting because you, you can see, uh, because we, we've been uh, um, relying on SERP and we've been getting accustomed to the look and feel of the SERP when in fact also SERP, SERPs change from uh, uh, nation to nation. So even there, you know, uh, mm-hmm. we've been narrowing it down a lot. But then when you, uh, when you change everything and you see all this uh, colorful uh, uh, look and feel and you can see your content broke down into different uh, um, uh, questions and answers, then it gets really, you know, uh, kind of weird, but also exciting. And then you wonder, what can I do to have the best text and the best images there? Uh, so mm. new questions starts uh, raising but the answers may not be that new, at least for uh, us who have been uh, um, adopting uh, knowledge graphs and uh, using structured data on our websites. Right. So uh, from, from that perspective, we have Google with its search generative experience, which is the worst possible name they could have given it. Um, I think they were in such a rush to catch up with Bing that they just picked the first name that came out of the hat. And... They present basically uh, an extremely rich featured snippet or what I'm now calling a dynamic knowledge panel. And what they're building is a knowledge panel from a mixture of its knowledge and the recommendations that it's giving in the search results. And I think you'll agree, and I know you'll agree, not your internal knowledge graph in your website is hugely, hugely important to being able to master that. Can you give me the lowdown on how you feel an internal knowledge graph would fit into a generative AI SEO um, strategy? Uh, but you would need to ex- explain first what an internal knowledge graph is. Yeah, so uh, you can build the knowledge graph for yourself, uh, for your website. Um, in that way, you would have uh, this kind of units of knowledge that in uh, uh, WordLift we call entities and in the knowledge graph world uh, as well. So you have these units of knowledge that are entities and they represent like a, a unique concept. And this should be the unique concepts of your uh, um, core topics and of your uh, website. Um, and they are referenced in such a way that they uh, these entities do contain uh, informations in the forms of uh, synonyms and uh, uh, external links uh, to that uh, concept. So, for example, like uh, uh, Jason showed before, when you type uh, Beatrice Be- Gamba, uh, so that is uh, an entity on the World Lift blog, uh, and the entity is me. And uh, besides, um, um, internally on that uh, uh, web page, we have all the different uh, external links and internal links that uh, uh, talk about me. 
and uh, they uh, address that I am an SEO expert in that way. Uh, when you ask to Google or being a, is a Beatrice Gamba an SEO expert, they can univocally say, yes, she is. So mm. this sort of how, uh, of how it works. Uh, and we have found that uh, the uh, current SERP and the new SG SERP uh, do not always match. In fact, they tend to differ a lot. Uh, and that depends also, uh, yeah, sometimes uh, it does, especially for products when you type in a, a product query, because we've been doing that with one of our clients that has a product knowledge graph. Uh, and we saw that they tend also to um, to differ. This is also because this is uh, uh, DSG is an, still very um, an experimental phase. In fact, some of these styles are not even clickable, so they're not leading right. uh, really to, to anywhere. So in that case, also uh, creating some sort of uh, business damage to to some uh, to some websites. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. And um, I, I've just been looking for this, which is the a screenshot that I've done. This is how we divide the SERP in at CaliCube. Knowledge on the right-hand side on desktop, recommendations on the left-hand side, and generative at the top. Um, and what we are seeing is that the knowledge and the recommendations come together to create the generative experience. And if you can master knowledge and recommendations, left rail and right rail, you get that lovely chunk at the top. Um, we use WordLift uh, on our websites, and it's been hugely helpful for building our internal knowledge graph, and uh, it's definitely helped us with that. It also helps us boost our SEO traffic, generally speaking, in normal search. Um, to what extent do you think we can now use AI to do SEO and beat the generative AI experience, as it were? All right, so for instance, I think the major switch that we are facing is uh, the switch from uh, keywords to user intents. Uh, mm. User intents should be now the leading, uh, uh, the leaders of uh, any SEO and content strategy because we want to be there for the users. And also every query that uh, you type onto Google, uh, especially, Actually, you can see it from the new Bing. When you type in a question, uh, the, the new Bing narrows it down to uh, the, um, the user intent. So you can see that mm. it says, uh, uh, I'm uh, looking for results for, and it narrows down, cuts it down to the uh, user intent. This is really, really interesting. And this is what we've been doing uh, um, in the past uh, year, let's say, we've been switching from uh, uh, to user intent. So that is one thing that really helps. And then also relying uh, on uh, um, a content that is organized in a uh, conversative uh, way, conversational way. Uh, so like producing content in a, a question and answer um, structure. And also, of course, uh, adding the FAQ page markup, so always backing up the uh, content on the front end, uh, backing it, having it backed up with the uh, metadata in the uh, in the back end. Right. No, that, that's that's really great practical advice. I do love that. And building FAQ sections is one of my favorite hobbies. A question here then is: 
to create my FAQ section, can I just go to ChatGPT, type in the question, copy paste the answer? Uh, of course, no. Um, <laughs> I, I don't think that's the fair use. I mean, mm, like, of course, also uh, Google has become uh, stricter and stricter in terms of uh, um, what is the uh, what is called the WAT. Uh, that's a Google framework to assess the uh, quality of content. Uh, and in general, the algorithm has become more strict because due to this uh, uh, huge amount of uh, AI-generated content being produced, then you have to assert yourselves as the leader in the topic that you want to uh, be promoted. Like uh, if you are an SEO expert, you have to prove to Google that you are an SEO expert. Otherwise, your content, it may be AI generated or humanly generated, it won't rank. Uh, you have mm. to build yourself uh, uh, the authority. Um, so okay. and how, how do you do that? Uh, for example, like uh, building an author page for yourself. Uh, this is how I do it, at least. Uh, I have my mm. author page on the Wordif blog. And uh, it's a person type from the schema.org uh, vocabulary. And inside this, uh, inside my entity, I have all the links to uh, my uh, articles, so internal links from the blog, and also external links uh, from you know uh, my Calicube events or uh, any other uh, conference I attended. Uh, I have the link and also. It's very important to keep the thing updated, and uh, um, you have to give to to give Google like the idea that you are not only uh, uh, an expert because you write articles on your blog, but you also have to prove like external provide external links to prove that also uh, you are uh, acclaimed as uh, um, an expert from other sources, not only right. uh, your own blog. Which is kind of personal branding and not AI at all. It's actually doing a proper job of doing your own, building your own personal brand. So back to AI. Um, how about leveraging AI tools? Can you give me some examples of AI tools that can usefully be leveraged for the new world, the new epoch that we're entering? Yeah, so uh, for instance, any... Uh even ChatGPT can really uh, be helpful to uh, discover user intents and to uh, analyze. Uh, it can make sense of data. I, I've been using that a lot, like when I have uh, some different data sources or messy data, I get a, a lot of help from uh, uh, OpenAI uh, because mm. they, this uh, AI algorithm can analyze uh, uh, user search patterns, they can identify uh, relationships between uh, keywords, user intents, uh, and then I ask for suggestions, like if he, uh, it knows any uh, long-tail keyword related to the data that I, um, that I asked to analyze. Um, and in that way, it gives you a hint. I mean, uh, it's not that I... Uh, it's impossible to rely on uh, these kind of tools, like totally. But th sometimes, you know, when you are having a writer block or a SEO expert block, uh, mm -hmm. you can uh, ask for suggestion and then and uh, 
the suggestions are analytical, then you have to add the human touch. But uh, I guess it's a, right. a good starting point. Yeah, Sometimes I, I, I have. Strategies. And I have the opposite problem to writer's block and idea block. I, I, I'm trying to figure out which ones I should do first. Um, so from that perspective, typing into chat GPT, what should I focus on first is probably my next task. Um, I also wanted to look at, at gen uh, sorry, leveraging AI for link building. Now, link building for me uh, is, I mean, sorry, Google has always worked on word counting and link counting. And for me, link building is now much less important in my mind. Am I wrong? Number one. And number two, how do we use AI to do link building? Yeah, this depends on uh, uh, how, uh, you know, uh, how much authority you already have. Uh, like if you're starting uh, a new uh, we have some uh, uh, clients that are just uh, starting out with their websites. And in that phase, I think that the link building is one of the most important uh, okay. um, activities that uh, one can do. And also uh, one of the hardest, really, because sometimes it does not fully uh, depends on uh, on us. Um, Brilliant. Oh, sorry, that, that's really beautifully said, because I tend to just say, right, link building, let's put it over here. But in fact, you're as you're a hundred percent right. Is it depends on the circumstances, and for a new site without link building or without some kind of inbound link, you're always going to struggle. Um, and as you say, the most important thing. And I've just been uh, what, what's the word? Uh, a light bulb moment. Thank you very much, Beatrice. Next is what AI tools can we use, or how can we leverage AI for link building? Yeah, but mainly for for suggestions. You know, um, like one thing that. Uh, um, Andrea said that uh, Andrea Wolpin is the CEO of WordLeaf said uh, the other time that we were talking uh, and it says he's the hero uh, before you used to steal like ideas and uh, uh, concepts from competitors but right now you steal prompts you steal prompts mm. that you use to make the AI useful and uh, and that is really uh, what is going on right now uh, because in order to make uh, uh, the AI work, you have to post the right questions. So uh, mm -hmm. to make it helpful for you, also in terms of link buildings, you have to give context of what you're trying to do. And then it may return with some uh, really, really um, uh, useful suggestions. And uh, um, we've been testing it mainly. Uh, mm -hmm. We are still... We have still yet to see the um, uh, if this works, uh, if the suggested uh, um, strategy works. So I can confirm. Uh, yes. But sometimes, you know, I was surprised. Right. Okay. Brilliant. And um, if we move on to crawling and indexing techniques with AI. Yeah. I mean, I, I just kind of think, oh, crawl with Screaming Frog and that's my job done for the day. <laughs> yeah, so, well, um, we also do that uh, in-house, like uh, for our clients, since we are mostly innovation partners for our clients. So uh, we do not rely entirely on uh, uh, OpenAI uh, APIs. Of course, we have built our own uh, um, AI model, our own language model that we use. Uh, 
so everything is built in house and uh, um, with a lot of work undergoing for many many years um, so in that case when we have to uh, do some uh, scraping for one of our clients we rely on our own uh, uh, our, on our own models um, but it happened that uh, when you um, what was useful for us and we have built some uh, custom uh, uh, mini language models for uh, one of our clients so we went through uh, their uh, um, their content uh, that we of course had the right uh, to use and uh, with their content uh, we built um, a tool that was uh, a conversational tool uh, and you oh. could actually interact with their content so you could uh, um, ask uh, um, uh, about the main topics uh, uh, of their websites um, and it would return a good um, and precise uh, um, answer uh, with the same tone of voice and with the same uh, uh, kind of words used oh. already by, by them. Uh, so this is one of the most useful cases we've been using uh, uh, the uh, uh, scraping tools for, for AI. Which is a beautiful segue. Uh, I've been working with Gennaro Cuafano, who used to work at WordLift, and he started a platform, Boosting.ai, and he does exactly this um, with the tool. And we've built Calibot using Gennaro's platform. And it's really great fun because we fed it with all the transcripts from the stuff that I've talked about. And it can now more or less speak like I do and write like I do and answer all of the stupid questions that I would ask, like yeah. which of the three groups Jason Barnard's played in as a musician. And it can actually answer that when the information isn't generally available. Sorry, you were going to say something. Yeah, yeah no, I think that this is the best use case, like the ideal scenario when you have a machine mm. that works with uh, content that... Uh, you have the right to use, and that uh, um, it returns answers uh, reusing your content and with the same uh, uh, tone of voice. I mean, this is the ideal scenario. Yeah, and this is something that a lot of businesses are now going to be doing. Yeah. And, and so rather than going to chat GPT and asking the question, getting the standard answer, you can now get the proper answer that you would have given in your tone of voice. Um, is, is that something you think you could just ask the question and copy paste the answer or do you still need to rework it manually? No, you need to rework it because uh, what we get in terms of content that many, uh, I'm sure many um, of our uh, audience uh, can uh, relate to, uh, it tends to be boring, like the answers <laughs> from uh, any AI tool tend to be boring and repetitive. There are a lot mm -hmm. of repetitions, repetitions and like uh, cut uh, phrases, and then the sentence after does not really make sense. So uh, there's always a lot of work uh, uh, when you have some uh, AI generated text for uh, you know validation yeah. and uh, um, uh, correction to do. But nonetheless, I think it's very useful. Yeah, I mean, we, what we've been doing is going in and changing the voice from very passive, which is what these machines tend to write, to more active voice, adding some adjectives, correcting factual mistakes, which it does still make even when it's trained on our own data. Um, and adding additional information, what I found is, from that perspective, 
it inspires me to think, oh, what about that? What about that? And then I can add some more information that I hadn't thought about before. And it's the whole blank white page before you start working that's hugely difficult. And you can use generative AI to produce that first draft. And then you say, well, that's rubbish. And once you've got there, then it's really easy to correct it when you're saying it isn't any good. Yeah, or at least if you know what you don't want to be there, it's already a starting point. Yes, very good point. Um, and in, in terms of um, algorithmic updates in the future, you talk about future-proofing your SEO strategy. How would you go about that? Yeah, this is something we've been working on uh, uh, lately. Uh, this all uh, optimization for AI and uh, how to uh, fairly uh, use uh, the AI uh, to future-proof means to uh, be there uh, when your user needs you and mm -hmm. uh, to be uh, you know, ready and uh, on the go for any uh, technology that may, may come up. Uh, so since the beginning, like when the new being popped up, uh, um, like content related to um, to our company, to Wordlift, uh, seemed to be there, and also most of our clients. This is because we heavily use uh, structured data. So my advice to anyone who is not uh, uh, yet using the uh, structured data, I guess it's time. Uh, because that is the most uh, future-proof thing you can do as of now. Uh, whereas in terms of, uh, uh, for example, optimization, content optimization, as I said, uh, always rely on good content, content updates, strategies. Uh, and also uh, what I like about uh, especially structured data and knowledge graphs is that uh, all kind of media types are supported. So I always talk mm. about content and someone may uh, understand like uh, texts, but it's not only about texts. Uh, and as much as today, um, it's also about images, videos, even uh, uh, social media feeds, uh, user-generated content, customer reviews, like uh, mm -hmm. everything that can help building uh, uh, our digital brand identity. Um, can be inserted in a knowledge graph, can be structured and mm. uh, heavily being reused by any uh, AI ecosystem, any uh, search engine technology. So this is also really um, something that I want to stress that it's not only about text, it's also about uh, um, images and video content, anything that makes the, uh, you know, the, the experience. Right. Absolutely brilliant way to end this episode, which is don't just write text, do videos, images. This is a multimedia world and increasingly multimedia search, especially with generative eye coming in. Thank you so much, Beatrice. That was absolutely brilliant. Now you have the last question, which is my favorite question, is how can AI SEO help with branded search strategies? You have a minute. Yes, I think that Knowledge graphs play a very significant role in uh, enhancing uh, branded search results. Uh, the main point that comes to my mind is that knowledge graph can help getting the knowledge panel uh, because it can help in, uh, brand, in displaying brand information. And in that way, also some not only answers, but also I have some questions that I pose to myself, like every time, 
how will this change? What will the knowledge panel become? This is really interesting point to uh, touch base sometimes. And then it can help you give uh, uh, knowledge graphs, can help uh, bring in uh, knowledge graphs and AI, can help bring a prominent placement in SERPs uh, because that content that is sustained by uh, structured data can uh, uh, get to occupy a prominent position in uh, SERP. Um, and the brand placement then ensures that uh, the brand information is uh, one of the first things that users see when searching for the brand. Um, and again, both these aspects can be seen uh, under a whole new light when we think of generative search engines. Um, so as of now, uh, we can see evidence of this, uh, of top ranking uh, uh, knowledge graph based uh, websites uh, in both the new Bing and the Google SG. So uh, wonderful are answer. No, and, and, and you focused on knowledge panels because you knew it would make me happy. And I do appreciate that <laughs> kindness from you. Thank you so much, Beatrice. That was a brilliant last answer. And um, now we're going to pass the baton to Callum Scott next week, speaking about understanding and recovering from Google traffic drop drops. Callum Scott uses CaliQ Pro with his agency to serve his clients. Uh, so he's one of our clients. And he's absolutely brilliant and a delightful chap. Could you please pass the baton, Beatrice? Yeah, sure. I pass the baton to you, Callum, and uh, uh, your brilliant talk about uh, uh, the traffic drops uh, from Google, which is going to be, I'm sure, really, really interesting. And I myself uh, really curious about that. Brilliant. Thank you so much. Thank you, everyone, for watching. We'll see you next week, I hope. A quick Goodbye to end the show. Thank you, Beatrice. Thanks so much. Thank you, Jason. Bye. Bye-bye. Oh, hang on. I've lost my... Ah, here we go. The end screen. CaliCube. It's all about your brand, SERP.